This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast, episode 131. I am Peter, I love old computer equipment, Nicolaitis, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Bell. And I, and I don't typically use old computers. <laughs> I don't either. Now, I'm usually on the same bandwagon as you, saying that, you know, when uh, computer equipment gets to a certain age, you should just chuck it and replace it. But I have so much that I thought, you know, I'll just nurse these things along. What could possibly go wrong? Well, all of my old computers, systematically, one at a time, are failing. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just falling apart. <laughs> and uh, I think it's time I had a dose of my own medicine. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, but, but I'm, a, I'm a caring and sharing kind of guy. So, um, <laughs> along with the main topic that we'll be getting to, I will be sharing with you uh, and our listeners the experience of me troubleshooting uh, what I think is failed memory on this old desktop tower that I'm presently running as my main machine. Yeah. The reason I'm presently running it as my main machine is I'm holding out for a new Apple MacBook, but I want the ones with the new ARM processors, and so far those don't exist to the general public. <laughs> so I'm just trying to nurse this along just a little bit longer. Uh, I mean, the Mac Mini. Those are those are inexpensive, and you could use it anywhere afterwards. I yeah yeah I know, but I don't want to have fifteen computers. <laughs> well, no, no, you've got to call a recycler. They're I, called I recyclers. You take the I, hard I drives. <laughs> I, I know, I know. So yeah, as we we've, we've discussed, so like I have a twenty seventeen HP ProBook or maybe it's an elite book, I forget, 650. That thing is still running great. I was able to extend the factory warranty on it. It's got a core i7 processor. That's what I'm talking to you on right now. Knock on wood, it's running great. The desktop that is failing right now, it's a little bit older. It's a core i5 processor, but the thing was barely used. So as far as like its age, you know, it's showing a little bit of age. But for very cheap, I was able to get some good, you know, name brand Crucial Memory, which is, you know, a brand that I always know, like, and trust, and you put it in there. You say good. Well, <laughs> good reputation. Good reputation, yeah. That said, I just pulled this stick and the thing won't boot, so I'm going to just go pull another uh, stick while you uh, take over for a moment here. <laughs> so the key to troubleshooting is to be systematic. You got to do things like in a logical order. So I am scaling down the memory. I suspect this chip was good because I pulled it out and the machine still won't boot. Now mm -hmm. I pulled this one out. And will it boot? And the machine still does not appear to want to boot. <laughs> so here's the problem. If I pull out all the memory and it doesn't, well, if I pull out all the memory, obviously it's not going to boot because it has no memory. Yeah, but you should get a different error code. You should. You'd like to think <laughs> that, wouldn't you? <laughs> and 
as we were discussing, the error code that I'm getting right now is just the uh, fan running at like 10 times hotter than it's supposed to. That's not much of an error code. That's just, uh, that's just an error. <laughs> so how you All, right. <laughs> All right. I've been doing well. The uh, uh, business has been really busy with, uh, I mean, with COVID and um, lots of people still need their computers to do their, to maintain business. So uh, Nashville has been, uh, I guess maybe an exception. I mean, we were an exception in 2008 from recession stuff. Mm -hmm. So we're, we seem to be kind of an exception right now without being so big of an exception. Mm -hmm. uh, but things are still going. I mean, we're, people are conducting business. We've got factories moving in. Um, we're working with a client right now who's moving into town uh, from California. Uh, so, mm -hmm. Uh, well, I mean, and they're expanding. They're not moving. They're just expanding into Nashville. So, okay. so yeah. So things are going well here. Um, we are still waiting for my bank to uh, process PPP loans for requesting for forgiveness. Uh, I've called, and they are processing companies. They just haven't gotten to me yet. They haven't okay. invited me to. <laughs> process my loan forgiveness. Um, but they are, um, they're going through. So I suspect that you're in a similar situation because you haven't heard anything yet, right? I have heard nothing at all. Um, that's a good, well, since, um, let me reinstall the app because you got your loan through a local bank, right? Uh, regional. Well, it's yeah. Regions Bank. They're based out of Birmingham, Alabama. So they're kind of a south, uh, southeastern regional bank. I mean, does it get more um, more regional than Regions Bank? I mean, <laughs> yeah. It sounds, it sounds pretty regionable to me. Re regionable. Regional? Regionable. I just said regionable. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm looking and I'm still seeing... You can apply for federal relief funds. Mm -hmm. really? thought, I thought that was done. Yeah, I got more notification on that. Uh, well, and even Nashville or Tennessee is doing, so the governor is offering or has requested, there's a program where you can request relief funds from the state of Tennessee okay. uh, if you're in specific businesses. Uh, my business wasn't, I don't know if my business was listed or not. I wasn't interested in doing it. I didn't feel like it was right to even pursue it because we're, we're, we're doing business as normal. There are businesses that aren't doing business as normal at this point in the, in the right. year. So it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to pursue that. I don't want to deal with that. And there are other people who need it. Let the people in need get, <laughs> So, uh, so in answer to your question, um, loan repayments are deferred until you receive a decision on your loan forgiveness application. Right. Loan forgiveness next steps are coming soon. <laughs> They've been coming soon for a while, just like a vaccine. Just like a vaccine. Hold, hold that thought. I'm going to stick this chip back in. Because <laughs> when I pulled the last chip out, it did start acting uh, normal again. So I may have I may have found the the offender. Of course, it's always the last one you try, you know. Um, well, no, I think you should keep trying. Well, 
you know, it wouldn't be the first time that I didn't know when to quit. <laughs> Speaking of not quitting, I have uh, maintained the uh, 180 steps uh, per minute cadence while doing my runs. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure I'm seeing an improvement. Oh, great. So now I just put this. Oh, oh, I got a beep. I got a beep. A beep is a good sign. <laughs> a beep is a good sign. That is a better sign than, than nothing. Um, I have been maintaining the 180 steps per minute cadence when doing my runs. Mm -hmm. And I definitely, you know, things started to, to not, they weren't as, my times weren't as spectacular. My last couple of runs, they've been creeping back up a little bit, but still under 10 minutes per mile, even though, you know, it's been a little bit warmer. Um, although you wouldn't know that I did a 5k yesterday. Yesterday was an off day. Normally I don't run on Thursdays. Right. Um, but I did a 5k instead of my usual 10 yesterday because I wanted to get out and do something. Mm -hmm. And once again, my Apple watch did not record the workout. <laughs> it did record the steps and it did record the calories that I burned. It just did not track it as a workout. And mm -hmm. so I called Apple, they re-escalated it to a senior support staff person. She asked me to once again, unpair the watch, which when you do that, when you unpair the Apple watch, it takes a backup immediately as you do that. So if you ever have an Apple watch and you unpair it, it says, oh, this may take a while. If you're wondering, what's it doing? Well, it's making a backup. Mm -hmm. Then she had me power cycle the watch three times and power cycle the you always have to turn it off three times yeah and the phone three times she says i've <laughs> seen this i've seen this fix things the next thing i have to do is record a workout of at least 30 minutes so i have to do that today before she calls me back at 5 p.m eastern time yeah so that's on my that's on my my agenda my to-do list after this call is i have to record another short workout yeah, so the, uh, the, the website is down is coming as a link, you know, since it, in the website is down, he says, have you rebooted your computer? <laughs> yeah, times, man, yeah. I rebooted it three times. You always tell me you to always reboot, tell it, three me to reboot times. it three times. <laughs> that is awesome. Sales guy <laughs> versus web dude or web yep. dude versus sales guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one of my favorite. That needs to go right in the show notes. I don't think we've ever spoken about that on, this, on the show before. No, I don't think so. Or that maybe is classic. Been, yeah, maybe so. But yeah, that that's one of my. We we refer to that. I mean, it is like a cliche in our office. It's oh, yeah. referred to and quoted all the time. Yes, did, but the question you is: Is your desktop are your desktop icons arranged by penis? <laughs> yeah, but no, there is an app. They they made an app for that. Oh, and you're kidding me. No, I'm not. And and one of my clients who has a you know really good sense of humor had had tons of icons on his desktop and we sorted by penis. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> YouTube, you can't arrange your icons by penis. SourceForge, <laughs> arrange by penis download. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Okay. So that's going into the show notes and I immediately need to send this to a friend of mine who originally introduced me to the website is down. So please stand by for a moment. 
Clicking and sent. Okay, good. Got that priority out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the website is down. Definitely, listener, check this out. It is it is hilarious and it's true. It's, yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> um, all right. What else we got? What's going on? So, um, in well. You, you sent me a picture of a census sign from okay. 2019, and, okay. and I actually had, when I was working on the farm last week, I was pouring concrete on a Friday afternoon, so a friend of mine came down, and he and I were pouring concrete. The concrete mixer is turning, and uh, a census worker comes up. Well, now, now, was it a census worker or was it a census worker? Uh, I the, sign, the, the sign that I sent you is spelled C-E-N-C-U-S. Oh, wow. No, I didn't read that. Yeah, that was, the, that was why I sent you that. It wasn't the 2019 part. It was the fact that it was a census. A census. No, th yeah, this was actually a, a, a census worker. And so this is a rural county in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, in very rural and people are very rural, like uh, you, everybody's got a gun. What Every, are you saying? Yeah. Yeah. So he, this is a, this is a dude probably from Nashville. He drove 90 minutes to get out here and you know, he's got his lanyard. So he's, he's like, Oh, the census worker yelling over my concrete mixer as it's, he, oh, I was going to say, it's like, I'm a census worker. Don't shoot. Don't. Oh, yeah. I'm a census worker. Don't shoot me. And, <laughs> and he's, he's gotta be like 60 years old. He's got long hair and uh, gr long gray hair. It's not quite long enough to be in a ponytail, but it could be. And he's got glasses and his, his, his lanyard and, you know, he's clearly doesn't belong out in the country because he pulled down my driveway in his, you know, something like a Prius, but it, it wasn't, but, you know, but say no more. I mean, that's like <laughs> me. That was like me considering uh, back when my ex-girlfriend and I went down to uh, drove down to Alabama a couple mm -hmm. of years ago. Like that would have been like me driving my Tesla down there. <laughs> So he, he comes up. So like I said, I am, I'm in work clothes. We're pouring concrete. I stopped the mixer and he, he said, you know, he says, can I ask you a few census questions? And I said, how long is this going to take? I said, cause I literally have concrete drying here. I mean, I, I mean, if he, I'll answer your questions, just make them quick. And he's like, okay. He said, is this, is this like a domicile? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a big word yeah and i said yes yes it is and and he, he said so do you live here and and i said no i don't live here this is this is a second property you know it's a second residence and uh he says Oh, and he punches in his iPhone and there's no service out there. I don't know what he was punching because there was no service. And uh, he says, so were you living here April 1st? I'm like, did you not listen to the first part of my question? I mean, that's okay. That, that's a, not a completely unfair question. It's yeah. possible that you now have a second home, but that it was your primary domicile. 
back in uh, <laughs> April 1st. Yeah. And I said, no, we weren't living here then. Like, oh, okay. Well, good. That, that shortens up our questions list. And he's like, did you do your census at your other house? I said, yes, we did. Okay, great. <laughs> great. I'm done. I'm done. All right. So, but it was, it was funny, this guy and, and I, he's walking away and I'm like, that's gotta be a hard job out here because I mean, I, I was, I was friendly enough. I mean, but I, I was, I was friendly enough, but I was also like, dude, I, I if we're going to do this, we got to do this quick. Cause I, I'm in the middle of pouring concrete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna like, you know, and, and you could also say like in the right context, that could be a threat. <laughs> you know like uh, hey man i could put you in this um so i'm calling up my personal email because i had um i had a few emails from the census oh incidentally i am trying to rejoin zoom from my other computer now just so you know oh okay yeah it, it asked for to be admitted i didn't admit you i noticed that's why i mentioned it so <laughs> hey admit one Oh, look at that. I'm in. I'm twice. I see myself. Wow. Both profiles at the same time. <laughs> Hair's a little uneven on this side. So, okay. Anyway, so I received multiple census notifications. So I got uh, phone calls. I got emails and I got stuff in the mail. So mm -hmm. I got a form in the mail and it said, here, you need to send this form. You need to comply with, you know, to, to comply with the census. Uh, or you can fill this out online. And my normal default is like, oh, if I can do this online and not have to, you know, make a trip to the post office or local PO box or whatnot, I'll do it. Right. <laughs> so I went online, signed up, said, yes, I lived here last year. There was one person. Done. Boom. Gone. Then I got another thing in the mail. And another email saying, you got to do your census. I was like, yeah, I already did. Yeah. And I couldn't help but think like, so. Oh, did I do a, did I get hacked? <laughs> well, am I supposed to do it again? And if so, how's that going to affect the count? Because I remember a joke when I was a kid. I think it was like the, the 1990 census or so when they, it was a political, pol political cartoon, and it says, you know, we, the United States Census Bureau, having completed our survey of all 38 states. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, a census is a joke, but as far as everything else going on in our great nation these days, is that really any worse of a joke than all the other stuff that's going on? I don't know. But I'm not quite done with the census, because on this topic of it being a joke, I got this email asking about my rental property. So apparently they were inquiring both of me where I live now, but also of my rental property, trying to ascertain how many people lived there on April 1st. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I got, good afternoon, Peter. I am a supervisor for the Census Bureau working on to complete the 2020 decennial census. I didn't even realize every 10 years is a decennial or decennial. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you pronounce that. How do you say that? That's a good question. I'll look that up. One of my enumerators at rental apartment address yesterday, speaking with the current tenants, one of my enumerators was at your rental property, speaking with your current tenants who advised they moved in April, April 1st. In order to avoid double counting 
the census tries to count every person where they were residing on April 1st. Could you provide this information? <laughs> Name, census field supervisor, area census office, 2260 Waltham, Massachusetts, U.S. Census Bureau, O colon, a phone number. Email address. And I'm going to give this out because she's a census worker. This is, you know, government. Cheryl2020census at gmail.com. What? <laughs> Do you think I replied to this email? <laughs> no, I did not reply to this email. Yeah. Not a good idea. <laughs> no. So then I got a phone call and this, the phone call for whatever reason, I got a voicemail and I listened to that and I said, okay, that sounds a little more legitimate. So I looked up, okay, this was a legitimate government phone number. I called them back and I said, yeah, I did get your email. And it came from a freaking Gmail address. No, I'm not going to respond to that. That doesn't look legitimate at all. <laughs> but apparently, well, you know, we're not full-time, you know, uh, government workers. So they didn't give us any email addresses, but they want <laughs> us to contact people by email. So the solution is Gmail. Yep. Create, create an account. Brilliant. Wonderful. Just <laughs> wonderful. So yeah, I mean that the, that's the next the next best thing to um, when I was trying to uh, establish my Greek citizenship, talking with the <laughs> Greek consulate down in Boston, mm -hmm. and the woman I was talking to says, "Oh yes, just send me an email. My email address is uh, uh, mkukutsi at uh, yahoo dot com." Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I was like. Yeah, that you guys sound like a bunch of yahoos. That that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yahoo, yahoo. So <laughs> wonderful. Oh, brother. Well, my computer is now running on all twenty-eight gigs of RAM that I have installed in it. So that's a good sign. Nice. For, for how long remains to be seen, but it's running. Mm -hmm. So that's good. We're good. <sighs> yeah, because I don't have enough troubleshooting to do in my life. You know, I needed a project. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. In other headlines, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I got the notification this morning that uh, the the president and uh, president's wife both have tested positive for COVID, as well as some other people. So, uh, you know, and I, I yeah, unbelievable. I'm, yeah, I mean, completely believable, but unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, and, you know, I did, you know, I am concerned. I don't really, I mean, it, I really don't want him to die from disease. Uh, just this, I mean, we don't need this. I mean, we don't need that. But then, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, how many presidents have died of disease? I mean, I was like, I don't know how many have. So, we're going to go on a little history lesson. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Let's go. Yeah. So I did a Google search and there is a Wikipedia page with the list of presidents of the United States who died in office because I couldn't just uh, there. I did get the search for who died of illness in office and then who died in office. Do you, I didn't know. So I'm not, uh, do you have any idea how many presidents who have died in office? More than two. Yeah, because I could only think of, uh, I mean, I'm terrible. I mean, I should know. I, I now, knew all these at one time. Yeah, I, we're talking 
Uh, we're talking. You said illness or disease. But well, illness, illness, and assassination. Okay, because I know, um, like for instance, Calvin Coolidge uh, came into office after his predecessor, I believe, had uh, I want to say an appendicitis, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. So see, it's a this is a good history lesson because this is a good history lesson. Let's do it. So there have been eight presidents who have died in office. Uh, so they, the first one, uh, will start, well, so we go all the way from 1841 until 1963 with JFK, who is the last president who died in office. Okay. Um, but that's, that was the last I checked. I mean, you know, we can talk about it with conspiracy theories and stuff, but I thought that was a gunshot wound. These aren't natural. Okay. Uh, this is, this includes this includes yeah, presidents who died in office. Got it. Got so, it. Got it. Uh, of the eight, only four of them died of uh, natural causes or illness. Okay. You know, okay. Honestly. So four. So my guess was more than two. Yeah. So, so I, was, I was pretty close. Yeah. So I didn't. I mean, I didn't. So the the first one was William Henry Harrison in 1841, and he's the one who he actually died of pneumonia. So, um, I, I'm so yes. So he died of complications that were believed to be associated with pneumonia, but this is hilarious. I mean, not hilarious, but (laughs) the, the medical procedures that they did was hilarious Oh yeah, to try to, they, they tried to save him. So after making the diagnosis of a right lower lobe pneumonia, which pneumonia is still a nasty thing. You you can die easily that today. So They, they proceeded to place heated suction cups on his bare torso and to administer a series of bloodlettings to supposedly draw out the disease. And when those procedures failed to bring about improvement, the doctors treated him with Ipecac, castor oil, and calomel. All of those induce vomiting. Yep. Which are not going to help your lungs. Uh, but it'll get something out. Right? And yeah, you're trying the, to get the disease <laughs> out. So maybe if he coughs it up, everything will be good. Yeah. And finally, with a boiled mixture of crude petroleum and Virginia snake oil or snake root, Virginia snake root. Oh, okay. I was going to say literally snake oil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, snake root plus crude oil, snake oil. Snake oil. Yeah. And then all, all of this, you know, weakened Harrison and, and he died no. from complications associated with pneumonia. So that, I mean, that's a bummer. You know, I would hate to, you, you hate it for the guy now because he died, you know, these treatments we laugh at, yeah. but at the end of the day, this, the brightest and smartest people that was, that was what that, if I'm not mistaken, George Washington also died of bloodletting. Probably, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. I think he had a, I think he had a tooth infection. I want to say it was an infection, like a, you know, blood, but, but I believe he also, you know, uh, and I think if I remember correctly, his last words were more bleeding. Yeah. 
you know, it's like, no, no, got to get this out of me here. Kind of. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the next president was Zachary Taylor in 1850. Okay. So this is uh, nine years later. So, you know, that would be pretty detrimental to the United States to lose two presidents within a decade. Yep. Uh, so uh, Taylor, he was old anyway. Uh, I mean, he was an old guy. I don't think he was the oldest, but he really does look old. Uh, so his was uh, July 4th, and this is a bummer. So on July 4th, 1850, Taylor was known to have consumed copious amounts of ice water, <laughs> cold milk, green apples, and cherries after attending holiday celebrations for the laying of the cornerstone of the Washington Monument, which is very, I mean, that's a very historical event. But he became severely ill with an unknown digestive ailment. Now, all those, those things can be irritants. Ice, or ice water is not really well, cold. Everything cold. in quantities. Yeah, in quantities. But he said he consumed copious amounts. And I don't know, I mean, the green apples can upset your stomach if you eat a bunch sure, of but cherries. Sure, but you? Yeah, I wouldn't think it would kill you. Um, but he, so what they did say, the contemporary reports, today's reports list the cause of death as a bilious diarrhea or bilious, bilious cholera. So most likely he had other gastrointestinal things and these things just threw him over the top by being... But still, I don't, I don't want to be listed in history of having died of diarrhea. Isn't that such a bummer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, you got to file that as what a way to go. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bummer. Uh, but like this was 1850. Uh, the next is 1865, which, wow, that is still only uh, 14 years since, uh, you know, within a 20-year period. Abraham Lincoln was killed. That's I was going to say, we're talking just, just post-Civil War stuff here. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And then uh, next was uh, James A. Garfield, who was Garfield. assassinated. Yep. Uh, Garfield was shot by Charles Guiteau. So, uh, well, less than four months into his term. Then William McKinley. He died of a heart attack in San Francisco. Uh, there are theories that he had been poisoned or committed suicide, but heart attack. And it's, I mean, there's all, anytime a president dies, you know, those are, <laughs> it seems to be a conspiracy around all that. Uh, <laughs> we started on conspiracy theories today. <laughs> the next is Warren G. Harding. Um, yeah who also died of a heart attack. Wait a minute, wait a minute. McKinley, McKinley did not die. McKinley was assassinated. Harding had a heart attack. That so should be easy to remember. Should be? Harding heart attack. Hard, Harding heart attack. Yeah, William McKinley, he was, uh, he was assassinated <clears throat> when anarchist Leon Scholas Holgowitz, Solgutz. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> but he lived, uh, he lived eight days and finally died of gangrene from the bullet wound. So he, he didn't die immediately, but still he was, he was assassinated. That was, and then um, 
FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He had um, pneumonia also, wasn't it? Well, he had a massive cerebral hemorrhage, a stroke. Okay. So he, he had a stroke. Now, uh, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't say he died of uh, pneumonia, but he had a stroke and then he never regained consciousness. Right. Because I thought he came down with pneumonia when he was in Malta you know, after he, the summit, the peace accords there. And, and he may have, but I think he, right. he survived that. And then in 1963, JFK, then that was assassination, not illness. Uh, right. But that's a, that's an Blood interesting, poisoning. yeah, <laughs> lead poisoning is what you said. Yeah. The, uh, um, so, and it, it, I'm going to include the links for this in the, the Wikipedia, Wikipedia page. And it was an interesting walk through history. And I have, Indeed. you know, I, you know, I, we learned these things when I was in my teens. Sure. And now I'm 46 and I have not applied it in any form or fashion or recalled it or talked about it in any form or fashion. How can one be expected to remember? <laughs> I mean, that means obviously that you're a communist. <laughs> yeah. Well, the ones that I know the most about are Abraham Lincoln and John yeah. F. Kennedy, just because there's been the most, I've had reasons to, you know, there've been movies, there've been books, there've been, you know, conspiracy theories, there've been, you know, spinoffs of conspiracy. You know, if you, if you watch X-Files, you're like, oh man, I got to wait a minute. Let's, we got to go back and uh, did, did you watch Umbrella Academy? Not yet. Okay. Season two. I won't, I won't tell you anything about it, but season two is, is, I enjoyed it. My youngest daughter said she thought it was a little long. Okay. Um, you know, they do go back into the sixties. You know that from the, from I, I've, I know a little bit about it, but I don't, I honestly, I don't know. I've never like, I haven't read the comics or anything like that. So I really don't know anything about it other than it's kind of like the X-Men. Mm -hmm. You didn't, you didn't you watch season one yet either. No. Oh, you haven't watched Sam. No. Um, for me, I, my initial impression of season one was it was a slow start, mm -hmm. uh, but I, and I almost cut bait on it and just left it uh, because I was like, you know, this is just another X-Men spinoff or another, you know, another comic book spinoff of this, but it did get in, it, it had enough substance to make it make it worth watching the entire season. I was like, I was like, Oh, that, that was pretty good. Yeah. Speaking of which it's Friday, which means the newest episode of the boys comes out today. <laughs> um, I am well into that. I've seen every episode. Uh, I am thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, it is just as, if not more irreverent than the first season. Um, it's definitely, it's, you know, this is not, uh, for the, you put this on after the kids are in bed. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. Um, it earns the TV MA rating in every possible way. <laughs> <laughs> that said, I'm still finding it enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, it's a little raunchy, a little gory, a little extreme, uh, Close to over the top, maybe borderline. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, for for you and me, it's not over the top, but a normal 
it'd be way over the top for my wife. She wouldn't even get through the, she'd be like, yeah, this is that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, that's the thing though, is like, it doesn't have to be. I would probably enjoy the show more if it wasn't quite as gory. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The gore could be down. Now I thought butchers swearing in the first season was hilarious. I don't know why I thought it, it, the way it was done, it was comical because he cussed constantly and, and finally to the point where one of the other characters comments on it, you know? So why do you have to say that in every, because blah, 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 and insert, you know, expletive in that whole sentence, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. (laughs) on On that note, apparently the word that he, loves to use so much which starts with a c yeah and and rhymes with something that you do with a football uh apparently that's not such a bad word in britain no i so i am reading well i have been reading um so jk rawlings uh writes under a pseudonym what's the pseudonym Oh, come on, Adam. Um, JK. Yeah, come on, Adam. Rawlings uh, pseudonym PSEU. Uh, Robert Gold- Galbraith. So, and, okay. and, and he, the pseudonym, well, she writes them. And she writes them, and he's uh, doing Cormoran Strike and their mystery. And it is. It is. It's definitely rated R mystery, uh, but the the you know because it's, it's it's in Britain. I mean, she's British, so she's writing it. Her her main characters in London and outside of London, and all of the uh, all of the cussing that he does is more or less you know it's improper in in a proper setting, but for the most part, it just is part of the regular conversation. So. But yeah, they, that's a good series. If you haven't read it, I believe the, uh, the I'm reading right now, Lethal White. I believe the first one was Sil- The Silkworm, no, or Cuckoo's Calling is the first one. I've and, heard these names. I just, I never really associated those with uh, Harry Potter. Well, see, I think that that's why, I don't know. I think that that's why she wrote under a pseudonym so that, so that it wouldn't be associated with Harry Potter because uh, when I found out that that it was a pseudonym for her and uh, i was expecting harry potter like stuff mm-hmm. and and it's not there's right. there's other than it it is written in england you know cuz she's english which you know you know you write what you know if you're an expert at that you know <laughs> so uh but i it's yeah. really it's really enjoyable the the stories are good the mysteries are good you know and Harry Potter novels, when you, they were mystery novels. They, every one of them was a, there was a mystery. They mm-hmm. needed to, something happened. There were murders or there, you know, or they were, you know, people were paralyzed, you know, like depending on what, uh, I think it's the Chamber of Secrets. People were being paralyzed rather than murdered. And then they had to figure out the mystery of it. And then they had to solve it. And so, they were murder mysteries, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a Batman novel. 
Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, they are well-written and they're, they're longer books so that you get enough. Sometimes you get a short book and it's not enough. And then sometimes you get a long book and it's too much. It's the, the right amount of, of content in my opinion. Cool. Oh, (laughs) if I ever start reading, reading again, I'll, I'll put that on my list. Well, (laughs) you could listen to them on audible because the narrator is brilliant. All right. He's brilliant. He's British. And of course he does the, uh, so far all the way through the same narrator has done the books. So you, you kind of latch on to his voice and you're like, this is Cormoran strike. <laughs> okay. Cool. I'll make a note of that. Mm-hmm. Hey, so, um, you know how windows 10 comes with built in applications like mail calendar and contacts. Mm-hmm. I deleted the calendar app this morning. I didn't know that you could do that. Yeah, you can uninstall it. Oh. So uh, I did. And yeah, that's the thing. So for modern apps, you know, using the modern AI, not AI, modern UI. Mm -hmm. If you find an app in the, uh, you know, it's the start menu or whatnot, you can just right click on it. And if you don't want it there under more, you can usually just say uninstall. Okay. So I did that because... Last night, I got a notification at 6 p.m. from a Discord server saying, hey, reminder, your game starts in an hour. What? That's what I said. Now, I remember talk of this game, and I remember signing up for this game, but as there was nothing in my calendar for the evening other than a dinner date, I had no idea I was expected to show up at this game. (laughs) And then it took me a few minutes, but then I eventually, after the initial like chagrin and embarrassment and assuring my date, no, I'm not trying to get out of this, but I had to like, you know, apologize to the guys online saying, Hey, I can't make to the game. You know, I, I don't know what's, I feel really bad. I'm not that kind of guy. If I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. I don't know what happened. I realized earlier yesterday, I believe I saw the behavior. I had tried to make a calendar appointment using the built-in Windows calendar. And Mm -hmm. at one point it said, unable to save. And it didn't actually make the appointment. Mm -hmm. And I'll bet that that happened when I made the appointment the last time when I was added to the game. Mm -hmm. And I didn't notice it saying, unable to save, oh well. (laughs) And I've had other issues with the Windows calendar where it is like synchronizing really slowly so I'll put in an appointment, but it doesn't connect. And then like the next time I come back and if I quit the calendar, nothing happens. And then if I come back and fire it up, then it synchronizes. Mm-hmm. And I just decided, you know what? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on, no, the other way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just said enough of this. I deleted it and I set my Google calendar via web browser to be the default for calendars. <laughs> I was going to say, that's exactly what I do. I have no calendar on any of my computers. Yeah, certainly not Outlook. Mm-hmm. I have, I had, I've had two um, support tickets open with Microsoft, escalating up to senior support staff to try to figure out why Outlook will not connect to Office 365. Mm-hmm. And like after I spent hours troubleshooting this, I just, it's not worth this anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate Outlook anyway. I just wanted to have a default 
application, a native application. And there are times sometimes when I do want to and need to process stuff in PST file format. So it's useful for that. But other than that, I was like, enough of this. So now I've taken the next step and I nuked the Windows Mail. I still have the Windows Mail program. I'll probably nuke that next though too because you know I've turned off all of the notifications and honestly, it's, it's okay, but it's not great. So yeah, that was fun. But uh, yeah, it was annoying that that happened to me last night. I was like, I had no idea. I mean, I knew this was happening, but I know I have a game scheduled for Friday night. I didn't have anything on my calendar for Thursday night. It's like, this is the whole reason I have calendars. So as to avoid looking like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so that was annoying. I mm -hmm. hated that. It was, it was a very, it was a rough few minutes and then I got over it. Yeah. Well, and you know, the, that's one of the reasons I use everything Google web. I don't use any applications for my email, my yep. calendar or my contacts. Uh, the only exception to that is on my phone, mm -hmm. which synchronizes flawlessly to, yep. to those applications. Yep. Uh, and you know, Microsoft has had a lot of problems this week, Office <laughs> well, yeah. and portals and everything else. You know, I guess it's, I don't know if it's the, uh, the huge amount of people that are moving over to Office 365 right now, but I'm not having any problems in Google. <laughs> I, luckily, I missed the Office 365 problems and none of my, none of my clients reported any issues that mm -hmm. day when they were like down for like a few hours. Was it Monday? I think. Yeah. And it was, and it was really like the administration portal was right. one of the things that are down. And if you're a regular user, right. You were, you should have been completely unaffected by that. The only way you'd be affected is if you're one of those people that had a locked out password or something and needed your administrator to get in to fix it. Cause we had some people that were like, we have a new employee. We need to get them set up. Can't, yep. can't get logged in. It's down. The website <laughs> is down. The website is down. <laughs> website is down. But I mean, that doesn't happen very often, but. No, I mean, knock on wood, you know, Google Cloud, AWS, Azure, they're all pretty darn rock solid. Mm -hmm. It's know? way better than running my own exchange server. I was going to say the number of times that they've gone down way lower than the number of times that on-prem systems have had outages in my experience. So, yeah. Yeah. I like the cloud. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the cloud, not really. I had a, one of my clients, uh, it's actually my second largest client at this point, a school uh, for whom we manage their network um, security as well as their server infrastructure, which is now all virtualized, all in AWS. Mm -hmm. uh, and we manage, uh, as, of, as a result of COVID, we also supply them with VPN access into, the, um, uh, into their infrastructure. Um, despite my repeated uh, warnings, they have decided not to update from Windows 7 nor have they purchased extended support. And then I got an email yesterday asking, can you tell us what our password policies are? And I was like, sure. And right now it's 14 characters, must be changed every 365 days, no complexity requirements. No complexity, okay. And he says, 
that's a lot. Can we back it down to like nine characters? And I came and I said, um, strongly recommend against that. Yeah, we and can, I, but we're going to add complexity. Well, and I said, here's, here's the thing. And, and the, the problem is though, this, this customer, they won't understand that. They, they will hear password complexity and they will think that my password must be a two nine exclamation point capital Z question mark Q pound sign 42, right? <laughs> they don't understand that a complex password could be, this is a complex password exclamation point. Yeah. Right? You know, so uh, anyway, I shared this graphic and uh, I will also, we'll put this into the show notes as well. Um, because there's a uh, someone did a nice uh, infographic which shows the time it takes a hacker to brute force your password mm -hmm. and uh, the difference between like if you have a numeric only password of 14 characters so if your password is like one two three four five six seven eight nine zero one two three four mm -hmm. it can be brute forced in 41 minutes nice if it's nine characters, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, instant. 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 You can just you can run through those number of combinations like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now if it was all just lowercase letters, right? So it's A, B, C, D, one, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, 51 years. Huh. That. Now, huh. if you add, but but if you go down to nine characters, so mm -hmm. A B C D E F G H I, nineteen hours a day. You you break it in a day. Break it in a day, right? Because that what's that? And saying? that's if you don't get lucky. If the very last exactly. combination was exactly. the, the last one, precisely. Yeah. If you're trolling through brute forcing it sequentially, and your password is a a a a a a a a a, that's the first thing you try. Then boom, yeah, that'll be instantly. But within 19 hours. Mm -hmm. So you know, I said basically no. You 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 shouldn't do this. <laughs> and oh, by the way, you know. You chose not to upgrade from Windows 7, nor are you giving security upgrades, and you sent your entire workforce to work from home, and this school has been in the news recently. With, <laughs> let's just say some alleged bad behavior on part of the staff, and I'll leave mm -hmm. it at that. Mm -hmm. And their on-site system administrator knows everybody's passwords. Yeah, brilliant. Now start to put some of these puzzle pieces together. And you have this perfect storm of, well, this, you know, something, someone is accused of something. Well, we're going to go into their email to see if there's any evidence of that. And this person now has plausible deniability because they're like, no, that wasn't me. That was him. He's got my password. You can't, yeah, yeah. I was the one accessing it. It was him, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this is not the first time that I've told them this. So I'm really just hoping that something sinks in this time and mm -hmm. that they, like, take it seriously. Yeah. It's just, you know, like, I, I just don't know, though. And this is the kind of thing, like, you know, I, you, one of the reasons 
that we've gone over, it was like, I hate fear monger marketing. Yeah. But this is like, guys, I'm not fear mongering. You're doing things so incredibly wrong right now. You're literally, you know, it's like putting up a sign saying, set me up for failure. (laughs) And I'm just like, ah. And the problem is like, I've told them this on a number of occasions and they just don't learn. So Mm -hmm. at least I have copious emails showing where I'm saying, you know, this is bad. Don't do this. This is bad. Don't do Mm -hmm. this. But this infographic that I use and I just put it into the show notes so you can uh, include that. It it makes it really nice. You know, it's like if you have a 15 character password with uppercase and lowercase letters, it should take approximately, well, sometime within 43 million years to crack. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's long enough. I mean, you'll outlive that. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I think, I, think, I think that's a good password. So, um, yeah, there you go. So, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, ha- I had a client meeting yesterday with a client that we just took on. And before they came on, or before they came on as a client, in July of this year, their system was compromised. And the, all their entire data was encrypted. They fortunately had a Carbonite copy of their data. And so they, they were able to rebuild their server and they restored their data from Carbonite, which took many days to do. Uh, but in the meantime, they're all completely down. This happened in July of this year. It also happened in July of last year. Wait, and so same, same customer, same customer happened in July of last year. So they brought us in to look at their VPN. Well, you know, so we're doing our initial discovery. The first thing I find out is their Comcast cable modem, which is acting as their firewall has remote desktop access port forwarded straight to the server for anybody in the world. That's super convenient. Super convenient. So as soon as they, you know, two years ago when it got hacked, they just put it right back out there. So that hacker, you know, that probably the same one who probably got them before, got them the second time. What's going on? Well, I don't understand how we keep getting hacked. Huh? Well, I guess I'll just reconnect it again, do everything the same way all over again. With the same passwords. So he, he sent me the list of passwords that he wanted all the domain passwords to be when I rebuilt or when we built their new domain controller. But of course, obviously I took all these port forwards off. I said, mm-hmm. he's like, I can't work from remote. No, you sure cannot. Not in this environment. We are going to replace all of this gear <laughs> and put in proper mm-hmm. firewalls, but no, you can't, you can't remote in like this. Uh, he gave me the list of what he wanted all the passwords to be. Some of them wouldn't work because we do enforce complex passwords across uh-huh. the board. We don't even give it as an option. Uh, but he wanted to use the same administrator password he had been using before. Oh, of course. Um, and I said, nope, I'm not even using the same username for my administrator account that you <laughs> used bef- <laughs> before. I'm like, we're not using your password. Uh, and I'm not sending it back to you over email, clear text. <laughs> 
I said, here's a link to my secure messenger portal where you can then download the new list of passwords. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. And then we're sitting on this meeting, and I said, I have set your passwords to expire every 180 days. I'm, I don't like that. Just be upfront. I don't like that. But if I can get you to change your password twice a year, that's better than you saying you never wanted to change. I said, we would really like to never change. I said, listen well, to me. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. With the current guidance from NIST is if you have a strong, long password, mm -hmm. don't bother changing it. Yeah. Right now, the the trick is though, if you have a a a a a a a, or I you know I knew the the former owner of one of my largest clients, his password was two 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 two. Yeah. Right, and as we know, that can be cracked instantly. Yeah. Right. So that's like saying that's the same as not having a password. Mm -hmm. so, you know, which would make some people really happy because mm -hmm. they don't understand the purpose of passwords. They think that the purpose of a password is to just make you know it making their life miserable. Yeah. yeah. But if you enforced 16 character passwords with complexity and you teach people like, you know, a passphrase, like I own an Apple watch question mark with a couple of capitals thrown in and maybe, or I own mm -hmm. two Apple watches question mark. <laughs> that's a strong password. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and it's a passphrase. It can have upper, lower, special characters. Wonderful. And it likely won't be cracked for 43 million years. Mm -hmm. Seems secure enough for me, you know? So, mm -hmm. like, if you have something like that and you do have the appropriate um, uh, complexity requirement enabled, then you don't need to make people change their passwords. Yeah. The trick is they need to have these long, strong passwords in the first place. Yeah. Well, and the other side of that is if they get compromised anywhere, then those passwords have to be changed. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. um, it's because that's the problem is like people will often use the same password somewhere, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And if that gets leaked, if it's stored in an insecure manner, then the password is out there and there you go. Yeah. Well, because he also wanted those same janky passwords to be their email passwords. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, and he wanted them to sync. He wanted them anytime they change this one, then it changes that one. I said, well, what you're describing is single sign on. Single sign -on. That's different. I said, we, we can do this. We can do single sign on, mm -hmm. but we are not setting the passwords for two different entities that are disconnected to never expire and they're janky passwords. Now, if, if you were going to set up single sign-on, would that have some sort of uh, like two-factor authentication tied to it? Ding, 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 ding. Ah! We have a winner. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Because functionally, if you don't, single sign-on and using the same password everywhere is really the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, what's the difference? Yeah. If my Office 365 password is the same, but I have on-prem Microsoft Exchange and I use the same password in both, you still get access to both systems Yeah. if there's the same password. But if you have some sort of two-factor authentication tied to it, that's different. <laughs> now, yeah. So, uh, so they, they, they would be hacked again 
if they had not engaged with us. And if they had even gone with another company that would have said yes sure. to their... Use your their, same passwords. It's fine. It's totally it's, cool. It's what totally could cool. possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to share a neat website that I just heard about. Okay. Uh, may have heard about it before, but I just heard about it again this morning, and I signed up to get their weekly update. Allsides.com. 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 Take a look at it and uh, let me know what you think when you see that. So looking at it right now, the top that I see on it is a news article. And the topic is President and First Lady Test Positive for COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And what they present are three perspectives in the news. And they have a reading... <laughs> L to C to R, and it's a five-point scale. So it can be one L, two Ls, a C, one R, or two Rs, right? So left or right. So representing the far left is the New York Times. Oh, sorry, uh, the, the Intercept, the Intercept, which says Trump test positive for COVID-19 48 hours after mocking Biden for wearing a mask. <laughs> Which is true, right? It's one way to say it, but at the debate, he did mock Biden for wearing a mask, and now he's tested positive. Mm -hmm. um, in the center, we have the Wall Street Journal. President Trump tested positive for coronavirus. Now what? Mm -hmm. and Which is right where I am. I'm like, oh, man, this and sucks. Then, <laughs> and then there's Fox News, which is indicated as one R, right? In case you're wondering, Breitbart would be two R's. Yeah. Um, Trump receives well wishes from top critics after coronavirus diagnosis. <laughs> so I said, you know what? This sounds pretty decent. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check this out. Um, they also have uh, the next article, conflicting narratives on whether Trump has condemned white supremacy. So I didn't watch the debate. Did you watch it? I saw pieces of it, and to quote Trevor Noah, I never more wanted a commercial break in my life. <laughs> to quote, and I'm paraphrasing. I might have gotten the exact words wrong. Uh, paraphrasing Mark Hamill, uh, this is the biggest disaster I've ever seen, and I was part of the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> so on that topic, though, uh -huh. um, in the center, we have NPR from debate stage Trump declines to denounce white supremacy. I got to say, that's kind of the way I heard it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Breitbart, fact check. Chris Wallace falsely implies Trump never condemned white supremacists. <laughs> and then the Atlantic, which is leaning to the left, why can't he just say it? So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I see myself, uh, I did sign up for their weekly newsletter. I've been getting um, daily emails from The Economist and The New York Times. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how The Economist exactly steps up. I mean, The Times, admittedly, they're left-leaning, mm -hmm. right? So, um, so I'm going to, uh, I'll probably unsubscribe from The Times I'm not sure about the, uh, the Economist right now, and get these doses from all sides just to see. Now, of course, one must assume that, uh, you know, you, you have to be trusting that, the, that all sides has an actual balanced opinion. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, this is fairly consistent with my experience. Breitbart, 
far right. Fox <laughs> News, pretty far right. You know, mm -hmm. um, the the what the Intercept, pretty far left. Wall Street Journal, okay, you know, pretty balanced. Mm -hmm. Sure, let's you know, okay. So so yeah, I'm I'm interested to see uh, interested to see how uh, how this plays out. Yeah, that is interesting. So that's uh, uh, because that's. I mean, that's been one of my problems with the, well, I, you know, I don't, I don't watch the news anyway. Um, but one of the reasons I don't watch the news is uh, I don't watch it enough to know what's truth and what I'm just hearing right now. Right. Um, you know, so I, all year I've heard nothing but, but the negative uh, talk in politics, all, you know, all the way around. And I, I just, I would, I would like to hear the middle ground. I'd like to hear, you know, well, and some of these are, I wish we could just get the facts. I mean, cause not, not even the middle ground because really that, that is the, uh, the, the, the very first line, the sentiment about somebody, anybody getting sick. If, if I didn't like any, I'm just talking about any person, not necessarily the president, but if I didn't like any person and they were, I considered them to be my moral or mortal enemy, I'd be like, yeah, he deserves what he gets. He's supposed to die, you know, or man, that's a, you know, the middle of the ground is, you know, I hope he's all right. Or from the, you know, to and the far. Yeah. <laughs> just curious. If Biden had tested positive, what do you think our president's reaction would have been? Uh, yeah, he probably would have been not, not I don't think charitable. He, I don't think he would have the same reaction that you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either one of, I mean, either one of those men, I would not want to, to get that disease COVID-19 because well, it's fatal for and, their age group. And I got to say, Part of me wants to know what's up with this. Yeah. What's the angle? What's the ploy? And it, it makes me feel bad, but I really believe there's an angle. And, and I feel bad even saying that. I want to be wrong. I, it's like you feel it. You're like, I, I wish I didn't have that thought, but I had that thought. Because <laughs> everything else is an angle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah so time will tell yeah <laughs> all right we should move on a little bit because yeah it's a good we're, thing we're not a political show uh, but we are a COVID-19 show just like every other podcast <laughs> yeah. in the world today. yeah so following up on my nifty from a couple uh show or two ago ift i-f-t-t-t dot com uh, as we've noticed, uh, has now offered pro subscriptions. Mm -hmm. And as they mentioned, it's going to be like, if this and that and this, then that. Mm -hmm. So first off, I tried and I made a very half-hearted effort. Just, I spent just a few minutes trying to figure out how to use the advanced functionality. Mm -hmm. And I did not, in the few minutes that I tried, succeed. So I have not yet figured out how to take advantage of the new functionality that it has. There you go. Um, I don't think it works with that anymore. <laughs> Bummer. Uh, well, they've definitely Google has definitely discontinued some support for Ift for mm -hmm. sure. So, um, and that was one of the the problems with it. Uh, that said, if you don't 
switch to IFT Pro and you stay standard, you have a limit of only uh, three accounts or three applets. Yeah. And I have dozens of applets. Now, I also have several IFT accounts. Mm-hmm. Like, for, for instance, there was one for blurring the lines. I don't even know if it's still active. But essentially, every time a new show popped up in our RSS feed, it would post to our Facebook page and our Twitter feeds, for instance. Mm-hmm. Right? So that was an account that had one purpose in life. So I would not upgrade that to Pro. Yeah. But for my own stuff, I use Ift a lot. Now, there are a lot of competition nowadays. There's Google. You know, Google has its own integrations with things. Apple with their automation and HomeKit and Siri Shortcuts is now another competitor. The lady in the tube has a lot of the same functionality. Um, the thing is that if, from my experience, use oh, and you've seen um, Zapier, for instance. You, you're I you're use Zapier, button, yeah. Right? So they all have, but, but none of them all do the same thing. And in my experience, IFT always had the greatest coverage across the board of compatibility with services. Mm-hmm. But it's been going down. They've been, you know, vendors have been pulling their support from IFT. Yeah. So the thing is, for now, I still have tons of different apps, and I'm going to leave those. So I am paying $2 a month for the pro plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Uh, but then what they do is like they will archive most of your apps. You get to leave three of them active if you don't pay for it. So I didn't realize that when I was looking like, do I want to pay for it? So I'm kind of glad that I did. You know, as a result, it didn't, they didn't archive any of my apps because I have mm-hmm. you know, my Nest thermostat connected, although that functionality has been tapered back on. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have location services. I had a recipe so that uh, when I would more frequently travel back and forth between Vermont and here, uh, like on my way north, if I was driving home and I passed a certain area, um, I had my uh, thermostat in Vermont set to a specific temperature. Mm-hmm. So that by the time I got there, it would be warm. And I had the inverse true for when I was heading back to, you know, heading south. That was kind of cool, you know, if in case I forget to set the temperature. Um, I also had it as a backup set to do things like turn off the lights when I left the house and also uh, turn down the thermostat because my nest... I don't even bother, like the, the app is configured. It's supposed to use my phone's location. It always fails to do that. When I went away to Cape Cod a few weeks ago, I was out on the thing. The, the um, air conditioning was running like, you know, both two, th- all three days when I was gone. It never figured out that I was gone the whole time. I'm like, what? I don't understand. This is not rocket science, you know? So, so the whole automation part is really lost on me sometimes. Like, why did I buy this fancy, you know, thermostat that's supposed to, like, the one thing I want it to do is when I leave the house, turn off the heat. Well, then the other thing is I had a recipe, an IFT recipe, that says when I leave the house, turn the heat down to 50. Mm-hmm which I left active after I moved into summertime. (laughs) So when I left the house, the air conditioning turned down to 50 and I returned to an ice box. (laughs) 
it's a, it's cold in my house every day. And what is going on? And why is the AC running for 12 hours? <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun, not. So you got to be careful with some of these things because if you're not, you know, like weird stuff can start happening. So uh, anyway, but I did see right now that as of upgrading to iOS 14, my Nest thermostat app has no access to my location. <laughs> That's going to keep it from adjusting the temperature. That'll do it. Home. So I have now just re-enabled that. So wonderful. Um, speaking of iOS, iOS 14 and Apple Watch OS 7. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first couple of days, I thought it was pretty good. And I did notice for the first time on a watch, on the watch OS, it did not slow things down at all. In fact, it sped things up. Mm -hmm. The performance was notably faster, most notably like going to the home screen. I don't know if you can see this, but going to the home screen, like I would click and boom, immediately there's all my apps. Yeah. Like I, it would never run that fast except on a demo that Apple was showing you. Mm -hmm. My watch definitely sped up. Also, the weird battery life issues that I was having, I shared those with you, right? Mm -hmm. Those seem to have been remedied. Nice. Also, they added native sleep tracking. And I have an Apple an, a watch uh, version 4, 4th edition, series 4. Um, I have been using it every night to track my sleep, and it doesn't interfere. I thought that having a big bulky watch on my wrist would interrupt me during my sleep. Mm -hmm. That's not at all. And unfortunately, it's not really telling me anything that I didn't know. Like, I haven't been getting enough sleep. <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night and I toss and turn a lot, right? Um, but I am, with, with the um, latest iOS, they have customizable sleep schedules. It used to be you could set your bedtime and your wake-up time, but it was all these days and it was one schedule. Yeah. Now I give myself a little extra time to sleep a little more in the weekends, mm -hmm. for instance, right? Um, and that syncs with the watch, so it tracks it. So there have been some decent things. Uh, but it, uh, I think we've, I've mentioned this to you, it also has failed to record some workouts. And again, I have the call with Apple today at 5 o'clock to, to help troubleshoot that again. I'm sure it's a software glitch, but, uh, you know, and I'm just hoping that in version 7.0.2, whenever that comes out, that they'll fix that. Yeah, because I got, I got my 14.0.1 already. Right, and coincident to 14.01, came 701 for watch OS mm -hmm. same day. So, so I'm hoping that that'll happen. Oh, in other news uh, related to Apple, you remember um, earlier this year, they bought dark sky, the mm -hmm. weather forecasting app right they are now. I mean, at this very moment, for instance, in the weather widget on my home screen, I see dark sky style alerts. Okay. <laughs> so it's like drizzle starting in 12 minutes, stopping again, 21 minutes later. Yeah which is great. Um, I mean, the writing is on the wall. They'll probably eventually kill the dark sky app. Mm -hmm. I kind of miss that because, well, or, you know, I don't, uh, my friend, listener to the show, sometimes listener of the show, friend of the show, Scott Wilsey says he deleted the dark sky app a long time ago. Well, there's functionality in there that I like that the native weather app does not have. Like it will show the humidity, mm -hmm. uh, which the native weather app does not show. Yeah. So I can say like, you know, I'll look and it may be like 70 degrees all day, 
but if the humidity is 30% at one time of day and 80% at the other, can you tell when I'm going to go for my run? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I can find that in the dark sky app. I can't find that in the weather app, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of like right now I can see, oh, and the other thing too is, yeah, I can see a graphic of like the predicted weather. Like I can see the weather, the, the, the drizzle for the next half hour or so. Yeah, I noticed that with the update, and I, I like it. Yeah, so um, did we hit all the topics that we were supposed to cover today? I think so. We've gone through a bunch. Wow. <laughs> okay, well then, I'll let you take us out. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today on the Blurring the Lines podcast. We want your feedback. If you'd like to discuss a particular topic with us, then you can drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. You can learn more about us on our websites, uh, paradigmcc.com or yogawithpeter.com, and you can reach me at sublimecomp.com. There are Twitter accounts, and Google will take you there if you want to find us, (laughs) if you're so inclined. (laughs) But otherwise, uh, you can find us right here, uh, and we'll be back next week after Peter does something. I'm going to push the big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast, and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.